Aloha and welcome to Survivor Pile. I am stewing over this federal government shutdown and what everybody already knows is that little just barely over a month of not having a paycheck is a lot of stress. And as a targeted individual, if you've been following me for a long time, or if you are just finding me here online, uh, I'm intergalactic at Imperial News J. That's my Twitter handle. You can maybe hit keywords and you'll get little snippets of what I experienced during my targeting on Oahu, especially the last three years. Um, if I wasn't sharing my story, my personal story of over 15 years of targeting. So the federal agents, if they need to keep their security clearance, are able to essentially steal whatever they want. There's something that is pretty much the equivalent to legal theft so that they can maintain their security clearances. Now, it doesn't work out in all instances that that is actually kosher with everybody. So some of them can lose their jobs for doing those actions. Um, in my case, it was a lot of money that was basically forcibly uh, forcibly taken from me in a different sense of I was being asked for my own good to make purchases for a federal agent that I really could not afford to make, nor was the a job that I was in appropriate for the political and business world internationally. So it Put a very big political strain on me as well as career-wise. Um, I'm guessing to the tune of a hundred thousand easy over a period of two to three years. Um, so Hawaii's already got a high cost of living that I managed to keep low because I didn't have money I could spend. I was allowed to pay my rent. I had money for bus fare. Uh, I had a few items of furniture, meaning a bed that he picked up and demanded money for um, a piano so that I could at least play and teach some lessons. Um, and then and that was basically a front. Most of all the other money went to him. So I was allowed to um, teach piano, have an income, and the rest went to him. So they were able to get into later on, after a year or so being there, my apartment when I wasn't there, when I was working um, at a cash job on Oahu. I didn't have a paycheck. So, and then when they got my social number and everything from the businesses, I had triple the problems that I had with just the federal agent. Um, so they were going into my apartment, using my apartment while I was absent from it for several hours. Um, I caught on to that because the place was broken into several times. 
important things and extra copies of keys were missing. So there was no forcible entry. Somebody had gotten in there once. And essentially, they left the key with the door open on on the doormat when you step in. So I assume they probably had copies made. Um, even when I changed the door box, that didn't help. And the police reports didn't amount to much because it's Oahu. They, they just, everybody covers for themselves and their, their brother and sister there. And they treated me very badly because they expected money from my uh, Japanese family in Japan. Um, so they were trying to basically implicate me as a foreign agent with some sort of funds transfer, which I know a lot of people don't understand export-import world or politics in that world. They think of shipping containers and product going into those containers and securing managers for supply chain um, stuff. But there is a political world where the families who have been doing business on a large scale and having to protect the shipments and protect the trade routes and protect people from actual terrorists and pirates are being held liable for those terrorists and pirates. So what the people in Hawaii were doing was essentially trying to implicate me as a foreign agent because they kept robbing me. And the police never investigated. They just took reports and then kind of washed the reports away. It took me three years of reports and stuff until the military finally um, approached me and said that this person might actually be a problem and they would be doing a military intel investigation. So this person had uh, tried to supplement his income by using other people who were either military or like myself, maybe more political, so that it looked like he was providing security, which he wasn't because everyone, I think, knows that the first line of security is usually having money and finances to get out of a situation. So I was, in fact, kept in a situation rather than being free to leave. Um, and so the cash cash business goes on that island um but also that he used his ability and his clout i uh, to i'm guessing collaborate with somebody who he had flagrantly told me was a girlfriend of his at the bank where i had been told i should open a bank account um and later I found things would be missing from my apartment and they would show up in the safe deposit box when I'd check, you know, months, a couple months later. It wasn't a regular box I used. I thought that I could deter some theft by putting things in a safe deposit box and it turned out the thieves had access to the safe deposit box. So... Um, during this federal shutdown, these guys can take pretty much anything. Uh, you can look online. They don't need a warrant for seizure. They don't need a lot of things. And so I am just putting this warning out to 
activists and TIs alike who have followed my story or just as a reminder. Um, there's a more appropriate term for it. It's kind of like the police being able to use whatever they can use. So uh, it's basically a legal form of theft. Usually it's in the tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it's not usually a small thing. Uh, It's usually much larger. So if you have more, just expect you might be a feeding frenzy for some of the hungries out there. Um, yeah, so that was been on my mind a bunch. Also, this uh, MK Ultra interviews and targeted and targeted individual interviews. If anybody wants to participate, I would love to also find out about you, especially if you're a follower on my Twitter account, because I've had some interactions with some TIs, phone calls, meeting in person. On Oahu and Massachusetts, uh, did the Mola D interview with her, though I haven't met her in person. Um, and I'm short on travel funds. I'm short on a lot of things right now um, because I'm back in a hate crimes area rather than a normal TI area. Though the TI stuff still happens here, it's not as severe as what I was experiencing on Oahu, which was confirmed. I'll put it out there again in case people haven't followed me. All the tweeting I did for the past couple years kind of culminated to a point in July where POTUS, Trump, actually uninvited China from the United States largest naval drill that is an annual naval drill almost every navy on the planet shows up in hawaii in july for rimpac it's known r r i m p a c you can look it up online Uh, but july 2018 china was uninvited from the naval drill due to electronic warfare so when people are asking me how do i know it's electronic warfare from china um, I took that as a big, huge confirmation when he canceled them participating in the biggest global Navy drill on the planet that's held at basically Pearl Harbor, out of Pearl Harbor in the Pacific. Um, every single Navy comes to Hawaii. So I've also alerted people when there's a NATO drill or something to you know, kind of have the public be more aware of these drills going on because they are using electronic warfare before they come in. So they're coming into your area and also opping the area with electronic means. So they are actually using these technologies before they show up for their drills. And um, whether it's severe enough to mess up passenger flights and things is... It's a drill. I don't know if it's considered an act of aggression as the public would like to take it, but it is a naval drill. And as we found out in Oahu, when there was the um, Korean missile threat, that the state was largely unprepared. I mean, 
the rest of the public didn't hear about it. I was in a safe place and it is very different when you're sitting there trying to contemplate what is going to happen and how close you are to a military base, uh, which is also a high target area, or if they're going to target the public. Um, so we found out on Oahu that we're unprepared and then you also have to go through what you know as a human being like I did and understand that um, the consequences of being stuck somewhere with elect- full-on electronic warfare. I don't mean, you know, maybe surveillance or daily surveillance. I mean full-on electronic warfare in many facets that I have seen firsthand that other TIs have apparently not experienced firsthand uh, as they're sitting at home experiencing the monitoring. Um, I have been all over the island and experienced different facets of electronic warfare. So in that, I felt confident of changing my header to electronic warfare, which is why it changed. Oh, yeah, that was kind of big. And then I, from there, got out of Hawaii, still being targeted. They ripped my passport and everything. They got my whole purse. And when you're moving, you put everything on. I put all my ID together pretty much, except for my birth certificate and documents that needed to be flat, um, that are bigger. And so if I didn't have that separate folder, I would have had zero ID on me left from them ripping my cash, my passport, my driver's license, my cards, my everything. And then plus it takes even, there's no real true overnight mail to Oahu or Hawaiian Islands. So it takes at least two days minimum if you can afford to pay the extra money to have it sent overnight it takes two days to get there minimum um it took me over 10 days to get all of my id including my driver's license and when i went to get my new state residence which i really didn't want to do i'll be really honest i love hawaii and i thought maybe i could return in january this month um, and that it was just a bad cycle i had been through Uh, I did change my residency to Pennsylvania. Uh, I lost my benefits. I lost everything. But I guess without the federal government now, it doesn't matter. Um, They would not accept me applying for a state driver's license in one of the other states without a solid plastic ID meaning I could not use that temporary card. Using the temporary card, even if you stand in line for a couple days to get it because the lines are long, um, the TSA does a pat down and extra security. So, and then I wouldn't be able to change my residency. And then I'd have my real ID in the mailbox in Oahu and I'd be somewhere else. So again, another theft could occur. So I was trying to avoid that situation and it took me almost three weeks before I could leave and praying and I just got rid of everything I owned. I literally gave away my silverware, my couch, my everything, and I didn't ask anything for it. I just hoped that 
something in the universe opens up so that my life can be restored and I can have the things that I want to have in my life. Um, obviously, there is no compensation or anything for what I lost over the years. AT&T doesn't feel it's responsible for what happened to me over a period of four years. So, um, and I had tweeted out about AT&T being totally opt out for me on my email. I couldn't access. I mean, they had me looking like I was totally incompetent person when I had started a master's degree in information technology after working for a very large entrepreneur in uh, Siesta Key on his third startup. Um, I had already worked in information technology before <laughs> I, I went to school. And even with the 386 that I had at the time, you know, AT&T, and I studied telecom and other things and coding and they had me running around the island like a moron because their retail agents were um, just trained to be a-holes. So, I mean, not all of them were, but a lot of them were just like, you're like a crazy lady because everything should work. These are our pre-programmed answers for you. So those people aren't technical. Um, they are good workers. You know, they show up to work and they're there. So that's a big deal in Hawaii, but it was not helpful. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's personal business or my personal safety. They really put me in danger with not paying attention to years of uh, my complaints, my phone, iPhone being hacked, uh, among other things. They just always accused me of mishandling the phone. And I think most of us know phones are made kind of to be dropped and usually they work. But when a password doesn't work, whether it's the phone or the computer, and most of the viruses or the hacking is coming through the phone, then it's probably them allowing somebody on their network um, or somebody's using their network to track me. Uh, and I had removed a lot of apps. I'll be really honest. I wasn't doing Messenger. I, I had removed almost all apps like if a friend wanted me to use an app I put it on there and then I delete it I just erase it from the phone so my phone wasn't app heavy when I was in Hawaii now it's almost full but I, I want to cut that down again um, just there's no you can't get anything back I'll just put it that way just don't even expect the police report. Don't expect crime victims compensation. Don't expect anything back because these people do not return anything. Um, so that's my case. I just, I lost thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I lost nine years of my life, essentially. I got to see the beach, see the waves, the saltwater, um, I had some clothes and bikinis to wear. That's not much to show for attending an international summit. So I'll just leave it at that. I'm not on a federal payroll either. I'm not on any payroll. 
and they used me, they burned me pretty badly out there. I was trying not to create waves and have friends around me, so I didn't talk about this stuff openly with them. There were a couple people who caught on and knew, but they just, I generally, I had to keep people around me for a certain amount of safety. Not that I could trust everybody, not that I was actually having a lot of fun, but it was either I know how much I can trust these people, I know like how much gets stolen normally, I know how much I can replace normally, um, or somebody else will help me out. But, you know, that that is a way different mode of survival functioning than I know my stuff's going to be there, I can work smoothly on a path towards success. That path was not there in Hawaii. Um, And I'm not finding that here in Pennsylvania either. Maybe I'm being hypercritical, but since lives have been lost here in Pennsylvania, uh, I think that's the difference for me as in Hawaii, people did not lose their lives. There were injuries and people got hurt. I was hurt. Um, But here in Pennsylvania and New York, people have literally lost their lives, including my brother, including several family members. Um, As other people know, I had a second cousin who was uh, involved in HUD. My parents both had NASA interactions, so I expect more imminent danger here. Um, Also, the KKK and the Nazis neo-Nazis and the white supremacists are here, especially in this part of Pennsylvania. And I know I touched on that slightly in Romola's interview. So in 1996, specifically, I had organized an action um, with a very well-known animal welfare group to rescue birds at a pigeon shoot. Now, at that pigeon shoot, and and this has been like an ongoing thing over a decade in Higgins, Pennsylvania, there's a pigeon shoot, um, all the white guys show up, and instead of shooting clay pigeons, they shoot pigeons out of boxes. And honestly, because my dad um, rated guns, and I've seen targets plenty, um, it's a pretty pathetic event, because the birds are blinded, and literally move slower than a cat jumping when they're released out of the box because they're in a dark box and then the daylight just hits them and they're kind of shocked. They get about three feet above the box, flapping their wings, not having a direction, um, trying to adjust the light and then guys shoot at them. I mean, it's really actually pretty pathetic. If the guys miss them out of that three feet out of the box, that's, you know, maybe 25 feet. 25 feet to 50 feet in front of them um, if they miss that they just keep shooting the birds with shot and it's pathetic they're hitting pigeons with shot it's not a bullet it's shot shotgun Um, so I was at that event rescuing picking up the birds we didn't interfere with them shooting we were just picking up the birds from the peripheral who got hit with the shot Um, not killed not They're just like basically being mangled by it. It's like a bunch of little pellets, right? In a shotgun shot cartridge um, casing. 
So the KKK was there and they saw me rescuing, picking up a bird that had actually flown towards the crowd. Um, instead of flying back towards the field, the bird had flown towards the crowd. So they saw me picking the bird up. And this is a public park that belongs to Pennsylvanians. And I was a resident of Pennsylvania also at that time. And I didn't interfere with it. I was really far away from the shooters. Um, but there was a pack of literally dressed in clan garb people and a bunch of other guys who weren't dressed in clan garb who came charging at me. And I think there were probably 25 or 30 of them. And there were maybe 140 activists there rescuing birds and for support. And they came charging at me. So um, that was my first real direct fight or flight from the KKK attacking me. Um, that's aside from all the stuff that happened at school growing up. I mean, they had skinheads versus non-skinheads there every Friday night, pretty much, um, in the area where I was from, but out there, they literally ran at me, attacking me, trying to hit me. And some of the other activists, when we get a bird, we're asked to support. So I had a couple people for support. So they were trying to help block those guys off of me um and eventually i had a circle of probably two layers thick of activists around me trying to escort me over 200 yards back to the vet mobile parked so that was the first time i actually had a bunch of clansmen and white supremacists attack me um so because I'm a resident, because I'm not white, Pennsylvania state allows these hate crimes. Um, the ACLU gets support from the KKK, so there's nothing I can do. Um, I think from my brother's case, they don't handle things well either um, for us because we're also not bringing a huge representation of Japanese people. And so they pretty much, you know, we're all Asian until it comes to legal battles. And then all of a sudden they break up um, us, our, our Asian backgrounds and start excluding people. Uh, so pretty isolating event. And I was going to get into some other things, but um, I guess... I didn't always see my handlers as all bad. Like I said, I met Dr. Joel Elks, who is John Hopkins. And I'll get into that with the MK Ultra, but I lived with his girlfriend, who also was involved in export import, but she was from an Italian family in Chicago. And so I had a lot of talks with her just about export import, what she thought, how things were run, because she has way more experience. And that was really private. That's private part of my life. Um, but she actually made an effort to try and deflect this common thread of racism that also exists in Florida. Uh, I mean, I was in West Florida, not on the East Coast of Florida. I was in West Florida. And so 
it's a different environment over there. It's a lot more segregated. And so I, I didn't see her involvement or my other handler's involvement as all bad. Um, even if there's MK, I hope that makes sense. Um, I did stay in a seance room. She did summon me and all that, that other stuff that goes with Stargate, I guess. Um, I say Stargate cause I was working in with technical people who are building businesses, building technical businesses. So they're, they're the big dog at the top and then their subcontractors are making like 600 an hour. I mean, we're talking programmers making 600 an hour, but that was when before the bubble burst. So, um, those guys are making huge money to get these contracts done too. So I'm, I'm just still, you know, trudging through like a lowly intern through my life in the United States. Um, I never got paid a ton of money. Be really honest. I'm lucky if I make anything that's above poverty level. Um, whether it's been the 1% or Siesta Key, 1% or Newtown, um, somebody owes me 180000 there. Um, Doylestown, same thing. They took 50% then shafted me on employee benefits or any even student loan payback things that I recommended so that I wouldn't have to pay the tax on that money, which was stupid of them not to do for me, but they just refused to do anything for me, again, because of racism. Um, if you look at my taxes, when I work for them, I paid 26% taxes. So working for a nonprofit, having student loans to pay, I proposed, <laughs> they just sent it straight to my student loans, which would have been a much better use of the money. So that was another waste. Um, yeah, and it's just a repeat scenario all the way through, even in New York. I mean, same thing. So a lot of Americans think that if I'm in export-import, my family overseas should be sending money for me. But they used to do stuff like that, I think with my brother especially, because he got run off the road. I mean, run off the road so that his car was totaled like 12 times. He went through 14 cars, I think, by the time he died. Um, one of the last brand new ones he had was a Hyundai. It got totaled out inside of about one month. Um, so these are like huge expenses and it's because of the hate crimes and racism and targeting. And then if these domestic terrorists, I call the white supremacists domestic terrorists or anybody associating with the IRA here at this point, I don't consider them Intel because they're not American Intel. Um, they're all targeting us, they have targeted my brother and I because we're the ones who could carry this business forward for the United States and Japan. So they don't want us to be involved, so they target us. That's why us and me too. I've had um, plenty of instances that I haven't, you know, kind of initiated in some way, shape, or form, depending on how you look at it. Um, Yeah, so it's been really expensive. He also had an attorney and all those things I have posted. I've been threatened to be sued, um, imminent death. I've been abducted. I've been assaulted. 
Um, since the federal shutdowns there, you know, the feds have not done anything here positive anyway for the United States, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, me being me. And so these guys feel entitled because I'm a minority. I'm an indigent ethnic because nobody wants to pay me. But I'm also not a foreign agent because I'm not accepting foreign funds in that kind of amount to amount to being a foreign agent. Um, so they really don't back off. And that was part of the failing of the TPP before it even got presented was there's a security element to prevent things like this because these things had already happened before the Trans-Pacific Pact. So aside from all the bad crap with Monsanto or whatever pharmas that people don't agree on, there's a big human portion of that that went away when all three presidential candidates said no to the deal. And that was a certain amount of security for minorities like me and people in families, and they're supposed to provide security. So the United States just flat out isn't going to get away with continuously killing people to do business their way on the planet. And I think most Americans feel that that's their entitlement. Um, I haven't met anybody who's actually able to back up their words with action as far as protecting my life in a political setting as far as those trade deals go. So from my perspective, the rest of the whole thing didn't matter. And a lot of Americans just want to fight about the trade war, saying we're not getting enough, blah, blah, blah. But it fundamentally came down to they could not provide the security portion of protecting people from their own domestic terrorists. So it's really difficult to do business when you keep killing the messenger, when you keep killing the families that are trying to keep terrorism out of the supply chains globally. Um, and global is a bad word, but uh, you cannot have terrorists going through national boundaries. And that's not just one person's thought or idea. It's a mutual thing in order to have what we call peaceable trade. So you miss something really fundamental in protesting the Trans-Pacific stuff, Trans-Pacific Pact, because that mutual agreement is, you know, beyond just U.S. sanctions. Uh, and I know there are U.S. sanctions, but I keep hearing op after op after op happening. And since I am a targeted individual, I pick up on this. I have to watch. I, I don't have a choice. I have to watch the news if I'm going to watch my back. I can't just be watching my back all the time. Sometimes I get a break. But it, it's really infuriating to know that out of the big community of human rights activists and civil rights activists who are domestic U.S. citizens with both parents generally being United States citizens. Those people are the ones I'm talking about, the ones who have their entire family in the United States, not one side of their family in another country. I'm a legal first-generation American, 
and it's not okay to bring people from another country to have kids like my what my family's gone through that everybody else in the United States murders. I mean, it just takes one of you guys to kill one of us and, and we have an international incident. So there's no protection. There's no sanctuary for us as legal first generation citizens of the United States. Um, and then also in return, not acknowledging that I was also born a dual citizen and being flagrantly um, doing clandestine ops to embarrass me and humiliate me in an international business climate, such as what happened in Hawaii. I mean, I'm a human being. I do have to survive. I cannot take being beaten up by a Navy SEAL. I, I, I was hit in the back, like they call it accidental uh, it was not part of what we were doing at the time. I was hit very hard and I was laid up for over five days. Um, I, I actually blacked out by the next morning. I, I could only hold the pain up so long. I mean, I, I have been conditioned too because of MK Ultra, But even for me, being hit by a 250-pound Navy SEAL who's been in combat situations in back, and, and I'm petite, typical Asian sized female there's nothing really special about my body or build um, there that just there are no odds there I mean what am I supposed to do you know um, I, I can't handle that because I said no to somebody um, even if Hawaii doesn't consider that uh, death threat if they don't consider they don't consider that anything. Um, and they considered it not forcible because there was no gun involved. But I'm dealing with these big, huge guys who let me run around broke after my money's gone and everything. Call me crazy. They laugh with their cop friends who they train, by the way. Um, I, I mean, they took me off of what I needed for a vacation after my brother got killed, after I tried to hold together what I could on the mainland and I needed a break I mean I needed a break to decompress from all of that for three years plus the weather and then I get just slammed with a bunch of combat geeks who who I shouldn't have been around in the first place as far as I'm concerned so as a targeted individual I've been through a lot I'm just with the federal shutdown saying watch out for the feds because they do work in teams and they will get what they need whether or not somebody finds out immediately it took me three years of reporting to the police in order to just get a TRO a temporary restraining order three years I mean that's after being beaten up having my head smashed into truck seat by somebody who, who's basically Mossad, okay? Um, we're talking, like, they got away with a lot, and the cops helped them. It took me three years of surviving various instances and calming down and 
trying to be copacetic with everybody, those same people. Okay, and it's not that I have hate in my heart or have vengeance in my heart. I'm saying those guys got away with a lot with me in Oahu for better part of three years, plus another ATS person from the Navy who tried to kill me. Um, and then NCIS and all those guys saying, oh, he'll make up for it later, blah, blah, blah. I never saw a dime back. I think crime victims may have covered some of the costs, but it completely wrecked my entire life in addition to it having already been wrecked um, professionally and being humiliated. So they just kept compounding my professional issue and there is no getting back anything. They didn't change Hawaii's business practices, um, the cash thing, the liquor commission being used to target women. Um, they have no respect whatsoever. They operate on a level intended to basically do clandestine ops so that I don't have a future left in the United States. And that has come to a head. Um, so when I went to APEC, I mean, yeah, the TPP was bad. The security element was super bad. What I went through was also horrendous. It wasn't pleasant. It wasn't like I got to do my meditation and go explore like I wanted to. Um, it was, uh, I'm not going to say it was horrible aside from those instances and my life getting wrecked. Hawaii is a beautiful place. It's hard to say a beautiful place is completely horrible, but it was not good for me. And I was in survival mode, so I did what I needed to to survive. And it was a daily battle. So with the feds, 800,000 of them, um, just watch your back a little bit, please. And I'll say my prayers for everybody too so this part of survivor pile is out